Hi, I'm Adam Walker, and this is Wild Daring Greatly. Today, I want to tell you the story of the fear that I felt as I lost it all and how I recovered and thrived from that moment. So this is a story that dates back to 2008 at the beginning of the Great Recession. And during that time, my wife and I were in the process of actually starting a new church in Decatur, Georgia. And we wanted to start a church that would serve the community in a new way and, and really be involved in a support for the community. And in that process, you have to fundraise and there's a lot of things that you have to do. And in that, as we were doing that, someone named Molly popped up out of the blue. Molly had found my blog and started emailing me questions that I was happy to answer. And then as we collaborated back and forth, she eventually asked how she might support our church plant. And we were in the process of raising funds, but at the time I really didn't have a good answer for her. And so I said, you know, I, I, I don't have a good way for you to give money financially right now yet, just yet, but here's an Amazon wish list that I have with a lot of church planning books on it. And I sent her that link and the next day she said, okay, I bought all the books. And she had actually bought all of the books on my wish list, which was more than $500 worth of books. Well, that certainly got my attention. And after that, she continued to ask, well, how can I financially support? And, and I put her off a little bit, a little bit longer because I didn't know her. I didn't know why she had this money. I didn't know why she wanted to give this money to someone that she really didn't know. And that seemed really strange to me. And so I put her off a little more. She asked more. I put her off some more. And eventually we had this conversation where I said, look, Molly, you can support financially. That would be great. We need to move to Decatur as a family, because if we're going to start a church in the city, we need to live in the city. And so at that time, Molly agreed to give us $800 per month that was going to go towards our rent. And of course, I'm still a little bit skeptical. The story behind how Molly had her money was a little bit strange. And she wasn't even really a church goer or enthusiast herself. She was giving this money on behalf of, of money that was left to her by a parent. And so I still wasn't really sure that this was a real thing. So I told my wife, look, if the money comes through and clears the bank, the first time it clears the bank, that's when we'll start looking for a place indicator. So we waited, the check came in as promised, took it to the bank, deposited in the church account, cleared the bank. And at that time we decided, okay, we can trust this person. Nobody's going to give away this kind of money for nothing. By that time, the money had actually gone up from $800 to, I believe about a thousand dollars per month. So nobody's going to give away a thousand dollars if they're, if they don't really mean it, they're not really serious. And so then we went, we found a house in Decatur and we signed a lease on that house. It was $1,500 a month because Decatur is not a very cheap place to live. And so at that time we had support coming in from Molly, which was a thousand dollars a month. We had support coming in from our parent church, which was a thousand dollars a month. We had a few hundred dollars a month that were coming in from various donors and then everything else I had to make up in side projects. And so we moved to Decatur. Month number two came and the check from Molly came as planned. We were excited. Everything's moving forward. Things are going great with the church plant. And then month number three rolls around and there's no check. And I call Molly and Molly has lots of excuses as to why there's no check, but a promise that the check would come. And up to this point, Molly and I have a good relationship. And I think, okay, sure. The check's going to come. No problem. It's going to show up. Then it doesn't. Another week goes by, no check. 
I call Molly, I get no answer. A few more days go by, no check, no answer, no communication whatsoever, no responses to emails. Another week goes by and I'm starting to get pretty nervous. And so at this point, I just start Googling Molly's name all over and over, different variations, looking up her email address, just anything I can do to try to figure out where she has vanished to. And all of that led me to a blog post where she was mentioned and I think she'd even commented on. So I reached out to that blogger and said, hey, do you know Molly? She's been a church supporter. She's disappeared. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Can you help me? And that prompted a phone call and that phone call changed everything. I got on the phone with this other fellow church planter and he let me know in no uncertain terms that Molly was a fraud. In fact, not only was she a fraud, but she would consistently go to different churches and get them into financial commitments based on her committing dollars that she didn't even have. And then she would abandon those churches and leave them high and dry. And, and, and so I ended up talking to that pastor. I talked to a different pastor that had actually tracked Molly down and even talked to her husband and the husband debunked the entire story about the money that was left to her by a parent. And it turned out that all of it, every bit of it was a complete fraud. So my largest supporter for my church that we were founding was a fraud. And we had signed a lease and moved our family to an entirely different city based on the commitment of a fraud. And we had put our well-being in the hands of a fraud. And now that money was completely gone. And so after that, Unfortunately, another cascade of things happened. We could no longer afford to rent space for church services, so we moved the church meeting into our home, you know, the, the one that we could no longer afford. I took a part-time job as a middle school supply teacher while also ramping up my website work, just trying to keep the church and my family afloat. Because I wasn't a, quote, full-time church planter anymore, my parent church decided to pull their support prematurely making our financial situation even worse. And so there I was struggling, working three jobs at the same time and really trying to get a dream off the ground that was dying. And so it died. We ended up having to, we, we did end up being able to complete our lease indicator. After that, we had to move into the basement of a family in our church and share a kitchen with them. And, and it was just dark, dark, dark days for our entire family. So why am I sharing this with you? Right now we're in a time of fear and anxiety and hurt and anger. We're in a time where, where dreams are really being shattered very much like my dream that was shattered in 2008. And so I want to share this with you because there are some amazing things that came out of my shattered dream. There are amazing things that came out of, from my despair. And the main one is that I ended up starting a company. I was building websites on the side just to survive and just barely making it working three jobs. And that, that hobby, that side hustle turned into a company that grew more and more and more over a 10 year period and was then later acquired. That skill set for building websites also converted into me being able to start a nonprofit that builds, that hosts an event to build 48 free nonprofit websites in 48 hours. And 
To this date, we've done more than 20 events. We've built more than a thousand nonprofit websites worldwide, helping nonprofits with their marketing, all because I had the skill to build websites out of necessity to support my family. There's this idea that fear, fear and failure can define us, that they're always bad. But if our response is to give in, they are bad. They win. But if our response is to try harder, to dig in like we never thought possible, to try new things, to take risks, to dare greatly, then maybe that fear isn't really that bad. Maybe the fear is the thing that begins to refine us like fire refines a precious metal. And when we have fear, we can accept it and we can use it to create better versions of ourselves. It can motivate us to think in new ways, to work in new ways, to collaborate in new ways. We're entering this uncertain time. We're in this uncertain time with health and jobs and the economy are all going to scary places. Some of us are going to have some hardships and some of us will fail and that's okay. That failure, that fear, that hardship can do more for you than you know. And maybe, just maybe, you will come out of it better than you ever dreamed. That's my hope for each of us as we continue in 2020, that our fears, that our failures, that our hurts can produce in us something that will allow us to thrive in the future. If I can help you, you let me know. You can find me on my website at adamjwalker.com. You can connect with me on all the social profiles there. And if I can be a resource as you're going through any kind of hardship like I've been through, reach out. I'd love to connect.